Welcome to Launching Rockets. And I can't take all the credit for this title. It actually came to me when I was listening to an audio file by Rob Bell, uh, pastor, speaker, author. And he and his wife have this three-hour thing that I listened to a couple years ago. And it was just on parenting. And I thought, wow, that just the metaphor of that was brilliant. And I think that's what started putting the passion in my heart to be like, I would love to do a series on parenting. Because I'm starting the journey myself, many of us are starting the journey fairly early on, and then there's some of us who have been on the journey for a while, and we have stuff we can learn from you. But I think what I'm excited about too is it's forcing me to kind of sift through my past and reflect on it, what I've learned, because I know my repertoire isn't massive. It, uh, when I say I have a four and a half year old and two and a half year old, people are like, you don't know what you're talking about. I met a mom actually at the fair this past weekend, and she's like, okay, you're talking parenting, I need help. My daughter hates me today, tomorrow she might love me, what do you have? And I'm like, oh, I don't know, I need to learn from you too, because my kids are gonna go through that one day. But that's why, as I'm studying this, and I'm reflecting on it, I'm afraid to speak authoritatively of it, as I'm learning this myself, I'm not sure what's going on with my mic, but uh, I'm a little hesitant because it's something we've all lived through, it's something we experience, it's something personal to us, and every, I can just use that, I can't tell, uh, every, uh, I forget where I was going with that, but anyways, I'm just going to keep on trucking. And this isn't just for parents, though. Like I said at the beginning, this is for anyone who has an impact or influence on the next generation. Because that's what we're wanting to do. We're wanting to raise up kids and youth to become adults who are filled with love and kindness and joy and who are going to make an impact on this world and transform this world for the glory of Jesus Christ. So I'm excited for this series, I'm scared for this series, and uh, I'm just looking forward to the ride though to see where we're gonna end up together. And with my limited resume or repertoire of my two little kids, I do have my own experience of growing up as a kid with parents, and I also was a youth pastor for many years out in BC, and I worked with student ministries, grade seven to grade 12, and that was an amazing opportunity to have kind of these real life case studies in front of me every week. And one tip for parents, the worst thing you can do is bring your kid to youth group as punishment. I had that a few times. It just brings everyone down. But it was amazing because Amanda and I would reflect on these things and we would kind of say, wow, that's a family that we would love to be like. Or we look at some and think, there's some things there that we should try and avoid. And I think some of those things have really been coming back into my memory and kind of shaping these guideposts for where we're going to be going. So I love what Brené Brown states. She wrote this book, The Gifts of Imperfect Parenting. And she wrote, Parent, a parenting expert is an oxymoron. And I was like, yes. And she's like, there's no such thing as a parenting expert. She said, the most powerful moments with your kid happen within the context of imperfect parenting. 
And it's kind of this journey that we're on together with our kids, and they're, they're witnessing it themselves. So again, over time, I began to pick up on these principles. I began to pick up on these observations of what I wanted to lean into, what I didn't want to lean into. And I've put together 15 of them, and I'm not going to hit them all, hit you with them all tonight. We're spreading them out over five weeks, and I'm going to try and go through about three a week. And we're just going to kind of take it one step at a time. But tonight's message is called Experience Isn't Everything. And what I mean by that is that in our culture, there's a ton of pressure to give our kids the best experience possible, to take them to Disneyland, to get them in the arts programs, to get them into certain um, schools so that they can advance themselves and to fill them, with, get them in all the sports they can. And it's out of a good desire, it's out of a good intent. We're wanting to help our kids get ahead of life, right? But as I'd like to draw out tonight, Andy Stanley, a pastor down in the States, he once said that an experience-rich childhood is no guarantee of a rich childhood. And what he means by that is relationships are greater than experiences. It's the relationship that you have with your kid. You can still experience those things. You can still enjoy baseball together, football together, go to Disneyland. Those things aren't bad, but the relationship has to be at the heart of it, has to be at the center of it. So experience isn't everything. Proverbs 22, verse 6 says, Train up a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. This verse is a confusing one. So I'll just say it, it's a proverb, which is wisdom. It, it's wisdom literature, it's not a promise, but train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. I remember a prof in Bible college, his kids went off the bandwagon. His kids were in the deep end, and they were struggling. And he kept hammering home this verse and saying, what do you do with this verse? What do you do with it? And you kind of sit back and you learn, you look at this verse, and it's kind of a broad verse. It's kind of just train up a child in the way they should go. Well, it's not giving too much more beyond that. But as parents, we want to do our best and be our best for the sake of our kids. But what I quickly discovered since becoming a parent or even the moment you announce that you're pregnant, people have advice for you. And people want to tell you how you need to parent your kids. And what that produces is this sense of anxiety. It, it produces this anxiousness. And what's probably most heartbreaking is when you talk to these families or talk to these parents, like this one individual that I met at the fair last week, it's coming out of this place of anxiety that I, I must have done something wrong or what can I do right? And what I think is that when I pick up on that much anxiety in your question about being a parent, what is it like to actually live with you as a parent? So if I'm picking up on the anxiety in your question, what's your kid feeling? Who's sure enough creating the anxiety, but what's your home like? Because I think that that can be this cyclical sensation that can feed off one another and create
create and produce more. Being a parent, it's a difficult task. You try and figure things out. Being a grandparent, uh, I haven't experienced this yet, or an aunt and uncle, the one advantage is you get to ship them off and send them back home, which is great some days, and now some days I get to ship them off to the grandparents, and that's also great. But being a parent is a difficult task, and trying to raise up a child in the way they should go is a difficult task. But I want to encourage you tonight that there's hope, that it's not the end of the story. And maybe you have one kid, maybe you have several kids, but one is just giving you a really hard time right now. I once heard you're only as happy as your saddest kid. Which brings me to guidepost one. Guidepost number one is enjoy your kids. I believe it's your first responsibility as a parent to enjoy your kids. The second responsibility is to raise them. What I mean is that your kids can tell whether or not you actually enjoy them, whether or not you actually enjoy being with them. And if you don't enjoy them, it's gonna be that much harder to raise them up and to influence them in the way that they should go. We need to enjoy our kids, and how we see our kids shapes how we parent our kids, and ultimately shapes how our kids see the world. So let me ask you this question, and you don't need to respond, but just think about it, but why did you have kids? Did you need more workers for the farm? Did you need more fighters for the village? Or did you think that the world population was dying out and you needed to help with that? These used to be some of the reasons that people had, that people would have kids for, but I believe that you and I became parents because of joy. There was something happening between the two of you. There was this connection and chemistry and, and a force and a pull and it, it needed to express itself. Your kid is an expression of what's happening between the two of you. It was this, it, it's this expression, it's, your kid is the living, breathing, flesh and blood embodiment of your joy. But I also don't want to be too naive and say that sometimes kids can't be a royal pain in the butt. Because they can be. Sometimes kids are just not that enjoyable. And I know that there are several times where my kids are freaking out and I'm like, look at that, I need to leave for work early. It's hard to do when you work from home. But, uh, or Amanda sometimes cracks me up when she has worship practice at 7.30 and it's 6.30 and she's like, oh, gotta get going. And we're in Midbrook and it's two minutes anywhere. But we've all done it. You guys have done it too. <laughs> So kids can be tough, but it's in these moments when they're creating the anxiety, when they're just testing you for all you've got, that you need to choose joy. Find something, even if it's just one thing that you enjoy about that kid. Why? Because what matters is your relationship. Relationships matter more than the experiences. I was going to 
do a quick uh, whiteboard illustration, but because of the wired mic, I will just tell you what I was gonna draw. I was gonna draw three dials on this whiteboard. And I think it represents the three main relationships that we need to cultivate with our kids. The dial in the middle would be parents. Then you have a dial on the other side labeled God. You have a dial on the other side labeled others. So God, parents, and others. Now each of these dials can be turned hot or cold. And I believe that our job as parents is to make sure that the dial in the middle, that that parent's dial, is as hot as it can be. That, that we can lean into that and that we have this relationship with our kids that we can influence them, impact them, talk to them about anything. Because as we have that relationship with them, then it's easier to help influence these other dials, the God dial. If, if our relationship with God is lacking, then it's going to be hard to influence their relationship with God. But then also, if our relationship is lacking with our kids, it's going to be hard to influence their relationship with God. Because have you ever tried, or have your parents, I know this has happened to me, especially when I had fallen away from, from God. I wanted nothing to do with the church or Jesus or anything religious. And my parents would try so hard to try and win me back. And it actually just kept making that, that God dial a bit colder. Because they didn't have a great relationship with me either. I was trying to break that off too. And that's why I think we, the parental, the parents dial, we need to work as hard as we can to keep that hot so that we can have an impact on the others. Now the other thing I was going to draw was a big line representing the time that we have with our kids. Parenting is this ongoing thing and we'll always be parents, but ultimately... We have about 18 years with our kids at home. So at the one end of the scale, you have zero. At the other end, you have 18. So the midway point is nine years old. And then you break those into quarters, and you have four and a half and 13 and a half. So my son is four and a half. I've already gone through 25% of the time with him at home. And I'm like, man, I've already gone through that. He's already been learning from me in that, and we've been building this relationship. But then what I find interesting in that is when you get to the 13 and a half to 18 year old part of it, I think that's when you're going to have to rely a little bit more on the other's dial. Because you need to make sure as a parent, sure, try and keep that dial between you and them warm and hot. But that's when they're looking to find their own identity and they're wanting to, to connect with their friends and hang out there. And it's okay but I would just suggest to work as hard as you can to give them positive relationships. So there's some people you might need to dial in, and there's some people you might need to dial out. And it just reminds me of the advice my father-in-law gave me when I was in youth ministry. So there was this one kid who was just going through a tough time at home, and he had dropped out of school, and I said, what do I do? Because his family wasn't doing anything about it. He didn't care to do anything about it. And he said, connect them with kids who love school. And I thought it was crazy advice, because I'm like, how's that going to affect? But I connected him with some of our youth leaders 
who had gone off to university and were still in school. And he ultimately went back, finished school, and continued further education. So we have to adjust these dials. It's kind of like that launch pad that we're kind of playing around with and tinkering with, and what works for one person might not work for another, but the relationship you have with your kid matters. And what I love is that just by us sitting here tonight, I feel like we're saying we're committed. We're committed to making a difference. We're committed to working hard to become better, to be the best parents we can be, and to help one another out. So enjoy your kids. Happy kids aren't miserable. Um, if your kid is miserable, then chances are they are miserable. Uh, find joy. And just so you know, whatever you're dealing with now, I was told this once and it, it made me laugh, you're gonna get frustrated with them for the exact opposite reason later. So for those of us with kids who just, they're not sleeping, well then, 10 years down the road, they're gonna be sleeping all the time. And we're gonna be like, come on, wake up, it's school. Or if you have the kid that's just nonstop talking, and then there's gonna come the day where you're like, will you please, so there is hope, this is seasonal, but focus on the relationship. Raising kids is a massive responsibility and that's why we need just the lightness of joy. So I have an exercise or a challenge for you this week is to just try shifting how you think about your kid, especially the one who's, who's being really trying right now. Try shifting your, your heart and your mind in terms of joy and begin with, just with a prayer each day, and don't use the one my mom would always tell me that I brought you into this world and I can take you out of it. <laughs> I heard that way too many times, but I knew she was praying for me though, beyond that. But just pray, God, show me something that I haven't seen before. Open my eyes to something new. Remind me who this kid is. Because at the end of the day, this something, this kid has a name, and it's your child. So see if by doing this changes something in you, and then see if that changes something in them. So guidepost number two, log the hours. If we're gonna turn the parent dial and continue to have this influence in our kids' lives, then we need to log the hours, we need to put in the time. And here's the truth, you're always teaching your kids and sometimes you're using words. Isn't it amazing how often, like, like you'll just say something and you're like, wow, I sounded like my dad there. Or your kids does something and you're like, where did they pick that up from? You're always teaching your kids and sometimes you use words. So quick pop quiz. I have three questions. I have a ton more I can go through, but I'm going to give you three. Again, you don't have to answer. They're just simple yes and no. But growing up, did you want the life or marriage that your parents had? Did your parents see life as a trial to be endured or an adventure you get to go on? Third, did your parents' worldview, their faith, religion, and path work for them? Did it bring them joy? And most people I've talked to and I've asked these questions of, they have these just gut instinct responses. And it's because we absorb all of this just living with our parents. We, we just know off the top of our heads what, what we liked, what we didn't like. They gave us this world of information and 
they showed us this whole world view of how to do things and perhaps how not to do things. You see, you were taught all kinds of things growing up. You picked up a world of insight. And our kids are just the same. They're sponges. They're absorbing it. They're watching you. Which brings me to this book of Deuteronomy. It uh, is part of Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible. And Torah is filled with wisdom to live well. And here in Deuteronomy, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Impress these teachings upon your children. The word here, it's, it's sharpen or repeat. And what I love about it is it then goes on to kind of explain how you do this. And it says, as you walk along the road, as you sit at home, when you lie down, when you get up, it's, it's not just this set of specific teachings that you just sit down and say, okay, you're going to learn this. It's this relationship again. As you're logging the hours and imparting this on them, are you living out your faith with Jesus that they can witness it and see it? And is there excitement? Is there joy? So how do you teach your kid? It's when you walk along. It's when you do life together. Most of your teaching happens within the course of everyday life. And to our frustration as parents, it's rarely ever on our timetable. I know we want to get Landon to open up about how JK went. And we're like, come on, tell us something. You gotta know. Until it's bedtime and then he wants to open up like a flower. Go to bed. <laughs> but we have to just log the hours. This means that we have to do all that we can to be with our kids in the ins and outs of life. And it may include Disney World, but most of the time it's in homework, it's in grocery shopping, or it's at the foot of your bed as you're finally getting into bed, or maybe you just sit down on the couch with your spouse to watch Netflix. They decide that that's when they need you. And I would just encourage you to log the hours. These verses also indicate that it's more than just that teaching that you pass on. It is grounded in the teaching, but it's a way of life. It's a posture that we embrace. And it has to begin inside of us, in our hearts, and then move to our thoughts, which affects our actions. And the line, love the Lord your God with all your strength, some of the commentaries suggest that this actually goes beyond just this inwardness, but it's our resources and our possessions and our wealth. It matters how we use these things. There's that ripple effect, the socioeconomic effect, how we treat one another. Are we loving God in the way we use all of our resources? Our kids are absorbing and learning from how we live how we've ordered our lives. In 
more often than not, these opportunities, they're unconscious, they're effortless, and this door opens. And all of a sudden, I'm like, yes, I'm getting to connect with my son, I'm getting to, getting to connect with my daughter. And what I would encourage you again in those moments is let that door open and don't force your agenda on it. I have a hard, hard time opening up when it comes down to true vulnerability. Even today, Amanda and I were talking and, and I was telling her about a counseling appointment that I had recently. And I kind of had, began opening up this door and she made a joke and I was sensitive and it just closed right up. Just, and I'm like, no, I can't go there anymore. And it, it's funny because I remember being like this all the way through as a kid. And that's just where I'm speaking as a kid to you is that when that door opens, go there, explore with them, and long the hours. Be a witness to what's formed you, shaped you, and molded you. So guidepost three, it's a question. A question that I think we need to ask is, who does this kid want to be? And I don't mean just in the sense of, hey, who do you want to be today? Because if that were the case, my name would be Ziggy Garfield Snoopy Bernie. Those were all my favorite comics in grade three. And I begged my parents to let me change my name. But every kid's unique. Every kid, they're like a mystery kid. You don't know what you're gonna get. You don't know what's gonna make them tick. And you think you might have one like that figured out. You're like, I know how this one works. But then there's another kid and you're like, man, they are not like the others. And I have no idea what I'm doing here. But our job as parents is it's not about figuring out what we want our kids to be. It's about learning how to help them discover who they are to be, who they are, who they're becoming. And actually, it's a bit of a weird connection here, but the late architect, Louis Kahn, he stated, even a breath wants to be something. And there's a documentary put out on him by his son. And in this, documentary, he has this conversation with a breath, and he's kind of asking the breath, what do you want to be? And the breath says, I want to be an arch. And he looks at it and says, no, arches are too expensive. Let's just make you into a wall, beautiful brick wall. And he, he goes, has this back and forth conversation, but he says, it's important that you honor the material that you use. You can only do that if you honor it instead of shortchanging it. And where that just really spoke to me is as we're drawing this out of our kids, it's so easy for me to be like, I'm gonna raise Landon to be a baseball player because that's what I played. Amanda played soccer, so let's make him a soccer player. But who has God created him to be? Because you see, your kid is unique. He's never walked this earth before. She has never been on this planet before. So this whole conversation that this architect has with the brick, I'm like, I feel like this is the conversation that needs to shape us with our children. And as we think of the way that we parent, we, we remember that our kids are not us. They have their own path, we have our own path. And we must learn to honor that. I believe parenting is more of an art than it is a science. So again, Brenny Brown, she writes, who we are and how we engage with the world are much stronger predictors of how our children will do 
than what we know about parenting. In terms of teaching our children to dare greatly in the never enough culture, the question isn't so much are you parenting the right way, as it is are you the adult that you want your child to grow up to be? It begins with us, it begins with who we are, and then looking at our kids and asking what's in there, and how do I help this being come out? Our kids are a gift to the world that hasn't yet been experienced in all of its fullness. They, they're these little rockets now, still on the launch pad, and they are going to make an impact on our world. But they haven't yet been experienced in all of the, their fullness. So as we enjoy our kids, as we log the hours, as we discern who this kid's becoming, I think it's important that we never stop reminding our kids who you believe they are. Never stop reminding them of their full potential in Jesus. Philippians 3.16 says, let us live up to what we have already attained. And Paul writes in the first four chapters to the church in Galatia, he, in the first four chapters, he just tells the church who they are in light of Jesus Christ. Because he understands that it's important to be reminded and to be told of who we are and we'll figure out what to do. He, he continues on in Galatians and tells the church some things that they need to do, but he begins by telling them who they are. And I think that's where we can take that posture with our kids. The Bible continually shows us this. You see, Jesus didn't come with this new list of rules that we had to follow, this new way of measuring up. He comes with something called the gospel. It's the announcement of who you truly are. That you're a son, you're a daughter of the divine. That you're blessed, loved, validated, even in the middle of the mess that we've made. What messages have most transformed you? The ones where you've been called out and been beat up? Or is it the people who affirm who they believe you are? They gave you a vision of what you could be and invited you to live into that. This is the message that Jesus gives to all of us. Never stop inviting your kids to live into their true self. That's gospel. That's good news. This is what we get to do as a parent. And last, I'm just going to sneak in one last guidepost, I guess, which would just be extend yourself grace. There's an aspect of parenting that's simply out of our control. We're given kids, we do our best, and we try to be the best parents we can be, but then we let them go. And like a rocket, they have this internal force that drives them. But our job, while our kids are young, is to help draw out this internal force so the rocket can go where it needs to go. But continue to extend yourself grace because no one has ever launched your rocket before. They are a unique child to the world. They are full of potential. And they are made as divine beings, sons and daughters of the Almighty. So we can talk about all the books and resources and things that work for some people and what works for others, but no one has ever tried to launch your rocket before. So let yourself relax, enjoy your kids, and see what happens when you spend more time enjoying and less time worrying. 
Something within you demanded expression, and this kid is that result of your joy. Let's continue to discuss in the weeks to come what we're learning about launching these rockets. Next week, we're talking May Day, parenting in a season where life is out of control. Then we're on Thanksgiving weekend, we're looking at the greatest gift you can give your kid, and then the art of keeping your kid talking. And we're going to wrap up our series with launch day, letting go, and looking at good enough parenting. And I'm so excited for this ride, and I'm just excited for the potential that's in our nursery, that's in our kids' church, and that surrounds us. Because I believe our kids are going to be history makers. They're going to transform this place. And I want them to be kids known for their justice and mercy and compassion and their love of God and others.